You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Rates and Lanes. I am your gracious host, Rico Mohammed. Uh, tonight, we want a little bit more feedback from you guys. We want to try to get some more input from you all. We want to know exactly uh, what are you guys experiencing out there on the spot market. What are you seeing as far as rates in different regions of the country? Of course, we're going to go into in a little bit, we're going to go into the uh, DAT trend lines report. But we want to actually try to go in and confirm and get some real-world numbers. In. And also tonight, we want to try to get a little bit of feedback as to what are some of the major issues that you guys out there on the roads and the highways and the byways that are actually moving America. What are some of the issues that you guys are dealing with? I know that um, what do you think are the most critical uh, issues that are facing the trucking industry? Uh, hours of service, CSA, driver shortages, uh, driver retention for you motor carriers that are out there, truck parking. Someone already sent me a, 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 a direct message about the truck parking situation. Uh, ELD mandate that's coming down, uh, coming down the, uh, the pipelines right now. The economy as a whole. What are some of the things that you think are major issues that are facing our industry right now, uh, what type of equipment are you pulling and what type of rates are you actually seeing out there, real-time rates that you're seeing out there here as of late? There has not been a lot of movement as far as the rates have been concerned. They've been quite stagnant for quite some time now, and we just want to try to, uh, you know, help one another out just by, you know, kind of comparing notes to see, okay, in what part of the country what are you experiencing here and what are we experiencing over on the other part and what type of equipment, what type of uh, equipment segments that you are experiencing those rates in. And also we're going to get into, well, right now I think we're going to go ahead and jump into the um, USDA fruit and vegetable report for this week. And like we always say, this is an indication of, where there may be some opportunities to be had if you have a reefer, dry van, moving produce, and even in some instances, uh, flatbed. Some produce moves on flatbeds. Uh, just in all, um, depends on what type of fruits and vegetables that it may be. So right now on this particular report, we have surpluses being reported at Mexico Crossing through Nogales, Arizona. Big Lake Central Minnesota, Mexico crossing through Texas, Texas as a whole, all of those particular markets that I just named off are all experiencing surpluses, which means they have an abundance of trucks in those particular areas. There's only one particular market right now that is showing a tremendous, showing a, a good bit of shortage for trucks. They need trucks in this area. And this report just came out today, and that area that is showing the shortage is southwest Indiana and southeast Illinois. And as I always tell you on this particular report, there's a link up 
on the Rachel Lane's Facebook page. There's a lot more in-depth information on this report that we uh, really don't even tap into a whole lot. And one day we might just take a an entire uh, podcast and maybe go in-depth on um, on this report a little bit more. I think we've we done that a while back when we first kind of got started with the podcast. Uh, we may take some time and, skip and, and try to um, go back through again and, and give you a, a complete breakdown because I had a chance to talk with some folks over at the USDA about this report uh, when I was first uh, investigating this, this uh, report that they send out every Wednesday. So, But you can go and get a copy of it. They have a, a little bit of more in-depth information on there that you can use. Just be careful when you're looking at the rate information that they do provide because this is a free report. You know what you get for free, so I, there's no really way of vetting the numbers that they post as far as the rates are concerning with this uh, particular report that comes out from the USDA. We just try to use it as a guiding principle to uh, locate a potential hot market. And with that said, we're going to move right along. There is another report that I wanted to kind of share a little bit uh, while we we're on the whole USDA fruits and vegetables kick, uh, and that is that there is, seems to be normal shipments coming out of Washington uh, for the apples this year. There's, Wisconsin is, is starting to ship potatoes, but also uh, there's a good bit of apples that are starting to get ready to move out of uh, Washington as well. So um, if you happen to be in those areas, you may be in a position. And this may give you some targets, some, some actual people to start targeting to go after direct customers at this, at this day and time as well. Just wanted to pass that information along. And to kind of give us some response and talk back to us here to give us a little bit of feedback on some of the questions, you can go ahead and press number one, and uh, one of my daughters that are on the, that's on the other end, they will get you screened in so we can get ready to get to you. Like I said, we welcome and encourage as much participation as possible. And let's jump over into this week's DAT trend lines report. And we have van rates that have jumped by six cents and reefers that have added three cents over the last week. Even flatbeds got a one cents raise due to an increase in the fuel surcharge. Load to truck ratios got healthy boost to higher rates that may outlast that may outlast end of the month and pre holiday pressures. So let's dig in and go a little bit deeper into the report. Jumping over into the US van demand and capacity portion of this report for August twenty eighth through September third. Van load postings increased by 13% last week, and truck postings declined by 2%. That led to a 16% increase in the load-to-truck ratio that bounced up from 2.8 to 3.2 loads per truck, the highest, rate, the highest that the ratio has been since July. The national average van rate rose $0.06 cents compared to the previous week. This week, fuel prices remain unchanged. The national average of $2.41 for diesel uh, is the national average, $2.41 for diesel prices. Let's jump over into the U.S. van rates for the previous week of August the 28th through September 3rd. 
freight volume spiked at the end of August and national average van rate jumped by six cents up to two to up to one dollar and sixty six cents per mile. Outbound rates rose in Atlanta, Los Angeles, but fell in Dallas. Taking a look around the country, according to the DAT Trend Lines report, the average rate in the northeastern portion of the country for dry vans on the spot market was a dollar and sixty eight cents per mile coming out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, the average spot market rate for dry vans out of Atlanta, Georgia was showing a dollar and eighty seven cents per mile. Jumping up into the Midwest, Chicago spot market rates showing an average of a dollar ninety nine cents per mile. Moving down into the south central portion of the United States, we have Dallas, Texas checking in, showing spot market rates of a dollar fifty cents per mile. And setting the benchmark for dry van spot market rates coming out of the West Coast, the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California, checks in showing an average spot market rate of two dollars and two cents per mile. Jumping over and moving into the US flatbed demand and capacity report for the week of August the 28th through September 3rd. Flatbed load post held steady last week while truck postings declined by 4%. That caused the load to truck ratio to increase by 4% from 9.7 up to 10.1 loads per truck. The national average flatbed rate increased one cent week over week. Jumping over and moving into the rate information for U.S. flatbeds on the spot market. The national average flatbed rate increased one cent last week up to a dollar ninety cents per mile as a two dollar cent uh, excuse me as a two cents increase in the fuel surcharge offset a one cent decline in the line haul portion of the rate. So Starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Harrisburg, Pennsylvania checking in showing average rates of $2.91 per mile for flatbeds. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, we have Atlanta, Georgia checking in showing average rates of $1.99 per mile. Into the Midwest portion of the United States, Rock Island, Illinois checks in showing an average rate of $2.17 per mile. Down in the south central portion of the United States, we got Houston, Texas checking in showing average rates for flatbeds at $2.05 per mile. And moving out to the west coast, Phoenix, Arizona is the representative city showing spot market rates for flatbeds. And this is actually bringing up the rear at a paltry $1.67 per mile. So let's move into the final portion of the DAT Trend Lines report, the reefer demand and capacity report for the week of August 28th through September 3rd. Reefer load postings increased by 11 cents, uh, 11 percent last week, while truck posts fell 2 percent. This boosted the load to truck ratio 14 percent from 5.9 loads per truck up to. 6.6 .6 loads per truck. The national average spot market rate for reefers increased 3 cents per mile 
compared to the previous week. So let's check and see exactly how those reefer rates were performed over the week of the 28th through September 3rd. The national average reefer rate added three cents last week up to $1.92 per mile. This includes a one cent increase in the fuel surcharge. Reefer prices showed gains in the Atlanta and Los Angeles markets, but were lower coming out of Grand Rapids, Michigan markets. Taking a look around the country, starting in the northeastern portion of the United States, Elizabeth, New Jersey checks in, showing an average spot market rate for reefers at $1.74 per mile. Moving down into the south eastern portion of the United States, down in Lakeland, Florida. The average spot market rate coming out of Lakeland, Florida for reefers at $1.20 per mile. And that may be a little ambitious. Um, that may be a little ambitious this time of year coming out of Florida. Um, Moving into the Midwestern portion of the United States, Green Bay, Wisconsin checking in, showing an average rate of reefers on the spot market at $2.72 per mile. Coming out of the Rio Grande in the south central portion of the United States, McAllen, Texas, showing average rates of $1.71 per mile. Coming out of the west coast, Fresno, California checks in, showing an average rate of $1.91 per mile for reefers coming out of Fresno, California. And with that said, that pretty much wraps up this week's DAT Trendlines Reefer Report. And we want to, we got a gang of people on the phone. Don't nobody want to talk to me. What's what's going on with that, guys? Y'all can go, y'all, we want to share information. This is an information exchange. Um, I really would like to get some feedback from you guys. I'm going to start to try to develop some more in-depth podcasts, but in order for me to kind of get my homework assignment, I kind of want to hear from you guys as to what type of information do you guys need, what is critical for you guys so that I can begin to try to go out and, and get more resources and develop things and, and even as a possibility try to go out and, and get us some more guests. One of the guests that I'm working on to try to bring to the show is I want to try to bring a sales trainer on board to maybe come and have a monthly segment on the show as well so that we can start to develop and brush up on some of our different sales techniques. Because one of the biggest things that people always tell me offline is that, you know, I want to get into sales, I would like to do sales or whatever, but, you know, they, it's the, the, the fear mechanism, not knowing where to start, how to start. So, you know, that's that's one assignment that has been given to me that I want to try to uh, reach out to some different professionals in the sales industry that actually have a proven background that, you know, I want to bring you guys some really top-notch and good information so that you will uh, be able to use that information to improve and better your businesses. But, you know, um, I'm here I'm I'm here kind of at the pleasure of you guys. I want to try to get more information from you, more feedback from you as to how I can be a better a better host and a better servant for you guys to try to get the information that you need to uh help us develop and cultivate our businesses to take them to another level. 
And in order for us to do that, we have to have some good information back from you guys. So don't be bashful. Don't be ashamed. Come and join me. Give, give me some information. And also tell us what are some of the things that you see in the industry that are critical at this point in time. You know, um, what are some of the critical issues that you see that are going on? Is it hours of service? Is it the CSA mandates? Um, which which brings me to another thing that I want to bring is we got a couple of people down that, that we're going to try to get screened in. Um, I was reading an article on Overdrive magazine that shows the top 10 toughest states for hours of service violations. These are some of the states that uh, you might want to be careful Make sure you have all your ducks in in order when you're going through a couple of these states. The um, I guess I'll start at the bottom of the top ten. So I guess coming in at number ten is the state of Nevada. The state of Nevada is hot and heavy on your trails when it comes to your hours of service. Coming in at number nine would be South Dakota. That's a state that I really don't. I've never never really gotten to that much. I think I've only been to South Dakota maybe once or twice. But uh, South Dakota comes in at number nine. Make sure you got your ducks in a row going through there. Iowa. Iowa's real sticklers coming in at number eight on the list. is the state of Iowa. Coming in at number seven is Kansas. Kansas is hot and heavy on the hours of service as well. The state of Indiana. Indiana comes in, breaks into that number six slot, and breaking into the top five, Colorado, the mile high state, <laughs> comes in at number five. Oregon comes in at number four. Man, we had South Dakota down there at number nine. Well, North Dakota, not to be outdone, comes in at number three. Wyoming comes in second place and taking the top spot for the toughest state of for hours of service violation is Arkansas. And this is a article that was posted up on Overdrive magazine. If you get a chance, you might want to take a look and dig into uh go bounce over to uh Overdrive magazine to take a look and see what those guys uh, have to say on this report. You can read the uh, in-depth report there when you get over there. Let's see. We got uh, let's go to our first caller of the night. My daughter, I guess I have to talk to her over the phone. We need a name, dear. We need a name when the people call up that. Make sure you put their name in. We got a hot shot driver. This is your own live with Rico. How can we help? Yeah, hey, my name is Terry, and I'm, uh, I've been a driver, company driver for some time, and I finally got out, and I've started my own business, and I'm a beekeeper, and I have to have my truck and a flatbed to do some uh, hauling uh, of my equipment, and I'm trying to make this help me make some extra money, <laughs> and I'm just trying to find... How do I set up my fees? How do I decide what my charges are going to be per lane? Because I'm not able to haul quite the full loads. And I'm noticing that 
I'm not getting quite what I'm seeing for the lane charges when I go on to the DAT board and I'm a OIDA member and I go on to uh, my uh, load board there and it gives me the lane rates in that, but I'm not seeing those show up as I go out and get these jobs. And I'm just wondering how do I figure out what I'm going to be getting? Well, you said that first of all, you said you are you. It says hot shot drive on here, so I'm assuming that you are uh, I've got a hot a, shot I've operation. A, correct. I've got a one ton truck. I've got a forty foot uh, uh, flatbed slash car hauler uh, type. It's a low deck, um, and I just got it because I got a really good deal on it. But it's got a forty foot deck on it, and I can haul, but what I'm seeing is a dollar thirty, a dollar forty, where I should be seeing a dollar sixty plus on the. Well, uh, when I go you're going to you're going to have as a hot shot operation, your your bar is going to be set a little bit lower than um, right. a regular uh, truck operation. Do you have right. a spreadsheet available for yourself where you calculated all of your um, cost yes, per mile situation. Do you, so, so yes, okay. So, I've, if you have all of, and I've got that set in, so, so, that so when what I go is, in, so is, I calculate is, deadhead miles and loaded miles, and I can, I know where I can start to make money before I bid, and I won't pull anything that I can't make money on. So, okay, but do you know? I understand. Okay, do, but do you have a real, a real? A real time um, cost per mile for yourself. Like, what do, do you know your fuel? What's your cost per mile for fuel right now? Your cost per mile for tires. Yeah. Uh, your cost per mile for maintenance. Do you do you have an actual real time for yourself right now for well, your business? For my business, no. And the reason I don't is because I'm just getting started in this, on this end of it. And so far, I've put some money in getting this truck ready to roll. So my cost per mile is going to be unreasonably high if I base it off of the miles put in today. So first well, you I would have to you, you first of all to to kind of get you a rate, what you what you want to try to do is in a, in establishing a rate. Um of course working on the spot market, the, the rate is always going to be an animal of supply and demand. That's the first thing. So it's it's not going to be right. and, and you know that that's one of the things that kind of when I first got in you know, jumped in head first into this thing. That was one of the things that kind of blew me away. Was I was thinking that you know, well, my my, my truck is going to cost us. It costs the same for me to operate my truck no matter where I'm going. I should be able to just set a designated rate and 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 be able to get you know get that rate all across the country. It's not necessarily the case. Uh, that's right. why understand understanding the um, the load the truck ratios. And every market is critical. Um, understanding where you sit in that in that paradigm, that's going to help uh, fluctuate whether or not you can get a little bit of more of the actual going rate in that particular market, or if you're going to actually have to settle in a little bit less or be more in the average. Um, you know, so so that's one place that you have to kind of start to understand understanding uh, if you are sitting right now to go back to go back to the DAT report. If you're sitting right now, let's just say and um 
da, 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 da. trying to get back over the flatbeds. Say if you were sitting right now down in Houston, Texas, well, that's showing right now the average rate coming out of Houston at a $2.05 a mile. Well, with a flatbed, of course, you don't have the same cost uh, um, structure as a as a normal 18-wheeler truck. So you you Correct. can kind of use that. You can kind of use that as a maybe uh, maybe a goal to shoot for. Uh, you may be coming in a little bit down below that, but you can kind of use that maybe as a guiding principle. But at the same time, you should automatically know. Okay, with with adding up all of my costs, my my real time costs, my my insurance, my tires, um, right, and I've got that set my, up. My meals, all, all 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 of that information, and if you can break that information down into a formula, I, I had a spreadsheet. I, I might have to uh, see if I can upload that spreadsheet up on the uh, Race and Lanes Facebook page. I thought I had done that before, but I I actually put that spreadsheet. In a couple of the different groups, uh, it's it's in rate per. I don't know if you're in rate per mile masters, but in all of the different, uh, or if you're in knowing rates and lanes, the the different groups that are out there on Facebook, I've kind of put a uh, a template of that spreadsheet up out there. And okay. what you want to try to do is try to use that as a projection. You can try to use that as a projection, uh, projecting your business out, so that, that way you can say, okay, well I'm going to work for this year. How many miles am I going to drive? For this year, you try to get a number, a target number of miles that you're going to drive for the year, and then you kind of work the equation backwards. You know, you're not going to have all of the information, but it's just it's just going to be a method of uh, of uh, using it for projecting. You know, every business needs to be able to project profits, losses, or whatever. Um, so you you are projecting right now by using that spreadsheet that gives you a, a template to begin to project. And then when you start to go in every month, if you are using uh, Kevin Rutherford's uh, software or whatever, at the end of the month, then you can actually go back in and kind of sharpen your pencil a little bit better as to what the rates um, actually transformed into what they what those rates actually broke down to on a per mile basis. But you should audit, but you you should all go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, and, and what I've done is I've gone in and I've taken all my yearly and annual costs and I've broken them out. And I've actually got it set down from and broken down into my annual cost for everything. My truck payments, we're going to go buy a new truck, all the stuff. I've got it all broken down into that. And then I've broken it down into weekly numbers. And then based on my weekly miles per week, how many dollars or per mile it costs me, to run that because the more miles I run in a week, the less it goes because some of my annual or monthly fixed costs are regardless of how much, how many miles I put on it. Other miles, other costs Very like good, fuel, tires, maintenance are based on actual mileage. So I've got it down from uh, 3,500 miles a week at 91 cents a mile up to $1,500 a week at $2.12 a mile is what it costs me to run. And that includes paying me as a driver. Now, one mistake that I, I see people do, make when they're doing these uh, projections as well is they'll use 52 weeks out of the year. Make sure that you build in time off, whether it's time off that you're going to be taking or whether it's time off for emergencies or something like that. I never like right. when you're doing your projections, I, I never like to put in 52. I, I always knock that number down by 10 and I use 42 give yourself 
10 weeks, uh, that, that may be a little extreme, but I, but the way that I like to do things is I like to be more on the conservative side and on when it, when I'm doing, when I'm doing costs and stuff like that. And if I make more money than what I projected, then I kind of gave myself a raise. Um, okay. That's just, one, that's a good, you know, kind of really good suggestion. Yeah, I, like yeah I, I do like that. So I will go back and rerun my numbers and that should make some difference. I have put in a little bit for that because I am not, um, the other thing is my regular business is going to pick up some of these costs as well in doing my other business. So, but right now our anticipation is we're not going to see a dime for that for the first three years. So a return on that. We're, we're in a hundred percent cash outflow for the first three years uh, in our business. So. um, And that was the, and that, and the main business, what that was beekeeper, right? Yes, I'm a beekeeper, so it's going to take me three years to build up my numbers and get to the point where I can start creating some income for myself uh, from this and even getting anything coming in. We're, we're really not anticipating much. We are seeing some from time to time, but I'm not counting on any of that yet. So just thinking out loud with you here, um, the, the different clients that you may have for your beekeeping operations, those may be some potential leads for you as well. Um, you know, you might want to check with them to see if, if while you're not doing your beekeeping or anything, if there's something that you may be able to assist them with um, during this time. That's well, that, those, that's those what, are. And that's what we're looking at. And the problem that I have is a lot of beekeepers, what they want for theirs and other beekeepers, most of what they want for transportation is the bees themselves. And most of them are full load, full truck load, uh, 40,000 pounds of bees at a time. With my hotshot operation, I can't haul that. But I do have a couple that I can haul some equipment for, additional empty boxes, stuff like that. We can make those runs for them because they're light loads. And so we are using right. that as an income but we're actually putting those loads into the trucking side of this equation because they're I'm considering them for higher operations. Absolutely, absolutely. But the more the more and more people that you can get to that you can get your hands on where you're not having to go through a load board, the better off or you're going to be because that puts you right. The more people that you can invoice directly that puts you in a better position to win as far as when it comes to dealing with your numbers um, because people are going to pay a little bit better and and um, you don't have anyone taking out a commission off of your rate. So, what kind of so that puts you in a What kind of a percentage do I anticipate as a broker? So if I can, if I'm getting $1.60 a mile on a given route and I'm going through a broker, am I looking at, 30% of that load going to the broker? Am I looking at, because uh, I see that dollar sixty, but does the broker see 30% or what kind of numbers are they seeing so that if I do go direct, and that kind of gets narrows my question down even more because that's what I'm looking at doing is trying to hit some direct freight clients and how do I come up with that rate? And so am I anticipating taking my numbers that I'm seeing adding 30% to that? Do I add 20%? 
Does it vary from lane to lane? What are we, you know, what do I anticipate that a broker is going to be taking from that? That probably would have been a better way to have phrased that question. Absolutely. And it still stands the same because the broker is going to operate off of supply and demand as well. Because sometimes brokers have contracted rates with shippers, but then again, they run into a situation to where if, if, if the capacity is not available in the market, then the broker will sometimes maybe make a 30% commission, and sometimes they may lose 15% uh, commission. They will go into the negative. depends on how big of a customer, how crucial of a customer that, that, that is to that particular broker and at, the, and at what particular time that they are actually trying to move that load. It, okay. it, the spot market is so volatile. I mean, it's literally, when we're talking spot market and all this stuff, it's literally kind of almost like um, – Think of think of Wall Street. Think of think of seeing the brokers out there on the on the floor jumping up and down when they're trading stocks, and how quickly and how volatile of a ride that that can be. That that's 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 probably the best way that I can explain um, how quickly sometimes these rates can change and flip flop on the spot market. Now here here as of late, we haven't had those volatile swings uh, one way or the other because um, We've really kind of been stagnant when it comes to the rates. Um, from my experiences, things are just kind of just not. It's kind of at a standstill, and, and shippers are and more and more shippers, bigger shippers are putting more and more pressure on their carriers and brokers for lower rates um, because it's things are just not. Ha- there's not really a lot of expansion within the. Uh, there's not really a lot of expansion within the spot market right now. So okay. the best thing that you can do is try to get, make sure that you are getting your numbers nailed down really good and try to present that value proposition to your customer that, you know, you, that, that, that you're giving them, um, you know, present that value proposition to them that you're uh, uh, providing them with that, your services at a good return to them they have to be able to see you know they got to be able to see the value in the service that you're offering them but if you can come in there and to a position where you're still making money and you're able to provide a a good service to them then that's going to put that's going to put you in a better position there are a lot of um um some operations that you want to maybe start to target that do a lot of um you know start trying to get as much information as you can on different businesses that, that utilize uh, hot shot operations a lot. You know, that that's one thing that you might want to start uh, doing some homework on that because that's that's where, like I said, the more that you can start to narrow down and get you a direct customer, the more research that you can find people in your area, you know, and, and if you're going to try to uh, just try to do something back and forth or whatever, you know, and not trying to service the entire country, then, then you might be able to, to set a go ahead and set a rate for your hot shot services through to uh, your dumbbell cities. You know, like if you, if you got two cities, say if you're operating in between Chicago and Indianapolis, then, then you might be able to say, okay, well I can come up with a rate on both ends, and I can do advertisements for spot for uh, hot shot freights in between these two cities, and here's my rate. You can actually print a rate on a postcard or whatever if you if you wanted to. 
you know, I'm, I'm thinking out loud with you. There, there are probably a bunch mm-hmm. of people that are cringing right now. No, you're gonna leave money on the table if you do that. But you know, <laughs> if if it if if it if it gives you an opportunity to become the go-to person in that particular uh, in that particular market within that service lane, then who cares? As, as long as you've done your numbers right and you got you got enough business to 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 justify it, then you're coming out ahead because now you've gotten loyal customer base established and you're not having to deal with low boys and you're and you're and you're still making a good profit on those particular loads correct okay well thank you very much i appreciate your help no Terry, we appreciate the phone call and that puts us back we're freed up we're waiting on some more input from you guys don't be bashful. We still got a couple of issues on the table that we want to hear about from you guys. What are some things that you are facing out there that you say are issues in the trucking market, um, in our industry? You know, is it CSA? Is it driver shortage, driver retention for us, for the motor carriers out there, for your average driver out there? Is it the truck parking situation, uh, the infrastructure and congestion, the, the, the funding on the highways and road construction? What are some of the things that are some of the issues out there for you guys that are out there running up and down the road, moving America right now? I want to hear from you. Tell us what you are experiencing. We kind of went over as well. We told you guys about the uh, Overdrive Magazine article where the top ten toughest states for hours of service violations. Make sure that you got your ducks in a row going through those particular states. And we got us a caller. We're trying to get screened in right now. But don't you guys be bashful. You go ahead and put press number one. Get on with us. Tell us some of the things that you are ex- experiencing out there right now in the spot market. What are what are the rates that you are experiencing? What type of equipment are you driving? Um, you know, if you're if you're doing anything in the spot market, what are you seeing out there? Do, do the numbers that you that we ran across on the DAT trend lines, are you seeing anywhere near those numbers? Are you blowing those numbers out of the water? We don't know. We want to hear from you. What are you experiencing out there? And I'm trying to see. We got a caller calling in from the 404 area code. Let's just try to grab them really quickly. Caller, you're on live. Rico, how can we help? Hey, how's it going? I'm Denard. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. You coming in loud and clear. Uh, okay. Yeah, man, I listen to your show. I love it. Uh, I listen to it every week. Um, I'm um, owner-operator now about half a year now. Uh, I had my DOT number. I move uh, refrigerated products. Um, I'm working out of Atlanta. I was kind of bouncing around, but I started taking you guys' advice, so I kind of just been going from uh, Savannah to Atlanta I stayed in that market for a little while But it's about to change because produce is going to kick in But my biggest problem is I just hadn't been able to get the rates That I that I want the price When okay. dealing with brokers on the market I've been dealing with mostly brokers um, <clears throat> I'm trying to figure out How to get you- Oh no you there Bernard 
Oh, I see what happened. Let me bring them back up. Let's try and get Bernard back on with us. Hold on a second, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Bernard. Hey, she was rescreening me. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, she she she, she fell asleep at the helm, and I I, I grabbed. <laughs> oh, okay. Be patient with us, ladies and gentlemen. My daughter, she she was asleep at the at the wheel. And we're trying to get them screened in, and uh, she grabbed them. So I'm going to have to wait until she finishes, and then I'm going to bring, bring them back up on board with us. There we go. Rico, can All you right, Bernard, you there? I got you yes, loud and clear now. I'm, I apologize. Okay, now you said that you was operating primarily between Atlanta and Savannah. Uh, that's what I just that's that's started doing. Yeah, when I when I started listening to y'all shit, I just went I just went ahead and cut it down. I stopped all the bouncing around, and I focused on the lane. It seems to work a little bit better because you understand that lane and you know the numbers when the prices spike. You kind of can know what's happening versus when you bouncing all around. So that's a little bit helpful, but still, it seems like right. I need direct prices because I'm just not getting the rates that I need to keep this truck moving. I got you. So. If you had, if, if you were able to wave your magic wand, and, and would you would you like to continue operating primarily in that Atlanta Savannah market, or is there another particular market that you would like to uh, to target? I actually like the uh, Atlanta Savannah market because it's kind of a two way market. Because sometimes you can get lucky coming out of the port. It seems like you're competing coming out sometimes with the uh, uh, Dreads trucks, and those trucks are run a little bit cheaper than what we like to run, but you can find a decent backhaul coming to Atlanta if you do two of them, and in a decent run coming out with my head haul of chicken out of North uh, North Georgia is what I've been doing. Okay. So are you or do you have a direct customer on either end of that? <laughs> no, no, everything is still broken through. And now I'm looking at if I contact, yeah, and if I contact my customers, where I'm kind of lost at, if I go, I reach out, I don't want to backdoor my my customer who I'm brokering through because, I mean, I see the name of the company on the paperwork and I'm there on a regular basis. So I feel like it might be a little wrong, but I've I've been looking for different companies that do the same thing to try to go directly to them. But it's like, okay, when I call them, I find out, like, it's a different company that moves chicken that's kind of in the same area. So if I reach out, contact them, tell them who I am, how do I set up, like, contracts and all that? Because with the brokerage, they have it all. The brokers already have that end set up. And on my end, I don't know how to write out the contracts or really how to price it competitively and, so you know, just a lot of that detail and how to get out and actually make the sale and close the deal. And I don't know if I'm calling a direct customer, am I saying the right things? And that's that's kind of my issue because I know – it's going to have to be direct customers, at least in this market. Absolutely. And one of the things, you, and that's like one of the things I want to try to do is to get us uh, to get us a sales expert on here. Some of the things that, that, um, that you can utilize to help you out with that. Um, start, there, there's a lot of resources when it comes to sales. Take a little bit of time, and one of the things you're going to have to do and I suggest for everybody is you're going to have to start penciling out 
some times to work on to work on your business. And what I mean by that is you're gonna to have to set aside maybe two days out of the month uh, to target customers where you're actually going to make some calls on some customers. And and what I mean by that is if, if that's mean if that means physically going out and and seeing somebody and talking to them face to face, there's nothing like that. Um, eyeball to eyeball, belly button to belly button interaction with a potential customer. They see you, uh, you see them. They get a feel for you. There's nothing that there's nothing that's like that. But if, if but if, if you can cover more ground just by taking two days off a month and staying and working the phones at home, and say you set a target of of ten calls a day for those two days or whatever. That's that's twenty potential sales calls over that month, and you may not get. The number one thing is you may not get a yes on that very first phone call, but always, always, always make sure that you're using some type of a system to where you can see when you call, when you call somebody to solicit them, so that you can set up a follow-up appointment. You must be willing to make sure that even if they tell you no now, no now doesn't mean no forever. So you have to be able to call back on that particular customer. Make sure that you're taking copious notes when you're talking to these people over the phone, and it gives you an opportunity to 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 say, okay, well, I, I followed up with them this time, and and this is the thing that you're gonna have to t- maybe get a feel for, and, and when we get our sales expert locked in, we're gonna try to, you know, maybe maybe they may have uh, a, a number that's more conducive to it, but you have to kind of get a feel for how soon is too soon to follow up, and how long is too long to follow up. You know, that's kind of a little sweet spot in there where, you know, is it two weeks out? Should I follow up with them in two weeks? Should I follow up with them in three weeks? You know, what is the sweet spot? We want to try to find that different little sweet spot. Also, make sure that you are doing your research on the company before you even begin to call them. One great place to do research is make sure that you are up on LinkedIn. It's kind of the Facebook for business. Make sure that you get a LinkedIn profile that you that you get you get as much information as you possibly can get filled out on the LinkedIn profile and if you start uh cross referencing the different people that you know from all your other other different social media platforms like your Facebook like your Instagrams or any any other thing that you know somebody personally from and if you cross reference those things back to um your LinkedIn profile and you start to look at where those connections kind of connect the dots at then you may you may be surprised who those people are and what kind of a position that those people are in. I, I had the the pleasant surprise of a um, young lady that I went to high school with. She is in the HR department at Americold. Now that's a warm, a very warm call for me to be able to reach out to her and 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 she may not be the decision maker to actually be able to give me some freight. But guess what? She could, because we have that relationship and we've got that established uh, contact and bond, then she may be able to help point me into the right direction and 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 possibly, depending upon how good I've cultivated that relationship with her, may be able to uh, uh, put me in contact with the decision maker and put in a good word for for me before I even talk to the decision maker to make sure that, you know, that there's an opportunity there to be had for me. So make sure you're utilizing that portion of, of, of the social media aspect. LinkedIn is an invaluable resource. 
that is free. <laughs> they, they got some different things on there that you can pay for, but but LinkedIn is definitely you can you can find out. So in and reason I say LinkedIn as well is you can start going to companies in your area. Say like if you you can go type in a company name in Atlanta. So we'll just say if you type in Sherwood Foods in Atlanta on LinkedIn. Well, guess what? It's going to uh-huh. pop up all the employee. It's going to pop up every employee that's on LinkedIn that works for Sherwood Foods. Now, gotcha. this helps you narrow down the process of getting down to the decision makers. Now, like you said, you, you, what do I say? Well, one thing that you might want to start practicing on before you call somebody, take some time to sit down and write you a script out. You don't want to, when you're talking to somebody, you don't, you don't want to sound like a, a robot. You don't want to sound mechanical with it, but you want to make sure that you are hitting all the points that you want to get across, that you want to convey when you're on the phone with somebody. So you may want to take some time and write out a script and, you know, have, you know get a good rhythm and flow to your script so that you can so that you make sure that you're hitting all your highlight points you know that you're introducing yourself who you are what you're trying to do that script is going to give you kind of a template not saying that you got to read it word for word but it gives you a a a make sure that you when you're going down a little checklist while you're on the phone you got that in front of you and make sure that you're touching on all those different points when you do get that decision maker or that person on the phone and the second part yeah. is, especially on on LinkedIn, you know, the six degrees of separation always kicks in. So you may know have somebody in your network that may not be able to benefit you directly, but they may be connected to somebody else on LinkedIn that is a decision maker that could help you, and you can ask that person that you do know and that you got that relationship with. To give to get you an introduction on LinkedIn, so now it gives you another opportunity. You know, LinkedIn is an invaluable resource for us, and I, I don't, I'm not sure if we're utilizing that to the full spectrum of, of possibility. But LinkedIn is, is definitely an awesome, awesome, awesome tool for us to utilize. Yeah, I never used that one, so I'll definitely be um, trying that resource and. They're trying to get down a little script so I can come. Because, you know, I'm not afraid to call these companies. I just don't want to be saying the wrong thing to the to when I get the right, right. person on the phone that, that's like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I could be blowing it. Huh? It's, 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 intimidating. It's, it's intimidating as all get out. But, you know, um, if you have a little bit of um, try to be a little, a little charming, just, you know what I'm saying, and if you can – and and for the most part, man, if you can string together coherent sentences and sound and sound, you know, um, sound like you got a clue as to what it is that you're doing, yes, sir, professional, mm-hmm. then they're gonna they're, they're gonna be receptive to you. And like I said, they may be like, well, no, we got somebody right now at this time. Well, great, that's not a problem. And I've even heard some scripts. I'm because I'm, I'm going off of when I'm saying it, it kind of throw me in the script mode. I've even heard some scripts will. When people ask the question, uh, you know, they leave it open-ended. Well, what's a good time for me to follow up with you to check in? You know, that 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 may be a that may be a, a, you know different things out there that you can test out. You know, the thing about it is the beautiful thing about it is you gotta start doing something, and then when you start doing something, if you're seeing you're getting results for some results from something that you're doing, make sure that you're saying, hey, when I did this particular thing, when I did it like that. 
make a note of that so that you can kind of keep keep digging away at that at that uh, method that you used that actually got you yielded you some results. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I definitely I tried it. Um, I got my I made progress maybe on one customer, but the problem is the item that he moves is out of Florida, which is good because I figure you know you can probably get a good rate going into Florida most of the time. And he has a good rate coming out, but it's a seasonal deal. So I got to wait for that season to kick in. Now, once that season kicks in, I got to relocate. And then that's the other thing I'm thinking about, too, far as when I'm targeting a direct uh, direct customer, should I be looking for something that's not changing? Because the produce can be profitable for me at times, but then as soon as it runs out, I find myself right back in the same position that I was. Versus when you move in well, something like certain. Well, the thing. The thing about it is, if you can, if you can find, a, <clears throat> that's why we we kind of recommend targeting uh, um, particular markets. You don't want to just get bogged down with that one customer doing that one particular thing. It's good if you yeah. do that. And, it, and it, now, if they got, if you got one customer that's going to go year round, then. Hey, that's 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 the bee's knees right there. That's what that's really you know that's what you want. But you want to have a little bit of diversity so that you can stay working within those particular markets. So if mm. you got a customer, but if you got a customer and they call you and you happen to be well, I'm, I'm loaded out because I got one truck or whatever. That's where the other opportunity lies for you if you are, uh, you know, you start to build your network. With di- with different drivers and stuff, and if you can get it, get your broker's license, then you you keep that customer and you broker that freight and make and, and make you some money. I got you, and that's what I was getting ready to go to uh, the next question towards you because I came to the conclusion it seems like you need to be in the brokerage to get the price that you want. And then I I, I was saying if I if I start learning to get on the broker side of things that'll teach me a lot more about being a salesperson than just an actual driver. Not necessarily unless you get with a broker that's going to train you. There are a lot of people that are out here advertising broker schools and all this different stuff. And, and that was my next bring step. You, they'll, bring, they'll, they'll bring you in there, charge you that $3,500 to $2,500 for a seven-day course, and send you out with a 101-page manual and you won't know no more uh, about the brokering business as it was before you even went into that classroom. Um, Understood. The, the thing, <laughs> that's the sad part about it, and the reason that I can say that is because I've been through it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I try to save people. Where I can, yeah. hey, you know, you don't necessarily have to go through, experience everything yourself firsthand in order to know uh, that might not be the best thing to do. Um, right. It it, it 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 can give you some information, but the the information that it can give you is is uh, ample and available for you out here for free. Uh, well, I'm not going to necessarily say free, but you know, it may take you a little time. Go to when you, you talked about contracts and stuff like that. Go to Henry Seaton's website, the guy that comes on, the attorney that comes on our show, uh, transportationlaw.net. He has yeah, an abundance of contracts and everything right there for your disposal that you can utilize. You can call those guys up if you want a customized contract. 
It won't cost you. Uh, uh, they that they're not really attorneys are not really all that expensive if you get them involved on the front end. On the back end is where, on the back end of litigation, that's when the attorneys and things like that can get expensive. But you can get you a okay. couple of custom made contracts drawn up for under two hundred and fifty bucks. I mean, and, and and those are your contracts. Those are your customized contracts that you can have for your. And, and that's a business expense, you know, that you got for yourself to help protect yourself. So you can uh-huh. give those guys a call, and they'll help walk you through and, and, and create you some customized contracts. Like I said, you can get those for like 200 250 bucks, and you'll have those, and you'll have those forever. And that's something that you'll be able to utilize and, and, and help, for your, you know, help, help with your business. There are also all the different things that you need to be looking out for within the contracts that you need to be uh, mindful of, you know, like we always talk about uh, here on the show, you know, the dirty dozen details that are in the contracts and things like that to get snared up. You want to make sure uh-huh. that you're looking for those things. But uh, Henry Seaton is a wealth of resources for all of those different things. There's even a, um, a rule circular. There's a sample rule circular right there. If you don't have one for your business right now, there's there's one right up on his website that you can utilize there's a template there. You can go in, fill it out, bam, 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 and it puts you right where you need to be when it comes to all your legal documentation and things of that nature. Um, yeah. it, was, it, was it something else before I let you go? It's getting we're getting really close to the to the top of the hour. Oh no, that's it, man. I listen in every week and I enjoy the show. I'm definitely gonna um, utilize those tips you gave me and uh, let you know how it worked out. Cause like I said, I just I have my DOT number now for about six months, and it's getting rough right now. That's all I can say. <laughs> I feel your pain, brother. I feel your pain. Don't be a stranger now. Okay, man. Thank you for the advice. Thank you. And like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that hour just kind of really flew by, but we still want to get some more input and information from you guys. So next week um, – not quite sure if we're going to have Seton on next week. Um, reaching out to him some emails to try to make sure that we uh, get him locked in because I know he said that he has some stuff coming up. So we want to make sure that we don't miss an opportunity to try to get Hank Seton back on with us for his monthly visit. And as always, make sure that you're always checking out the different podcasts that are available that come out. Of course, Kenny Long, uh, Trucking with Authority, is every Tuesday. We have a newcomer to the scene um, that are that, that I want to make sure and I'm giving out the uh, the right date for their podcast. But uh, Melissa Graham and uh, and her husband they have the show coming on Trucking One on One every Saturday and Rolling Toe with Mike Beckett that comes on every Sunday. So make sure you check out those shows. Go to lesstruck.com for the scheduling. This has been the Rates and Lanes with Rico Muhammad. Thank you all. Have a good night, and be safe out there, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.